Hey everyone, this is Tiffany. And this is Leah. And, and we're, we're in the Observation Bubble. What if I told you that out there existed a monster movie with kind of goony vibes, 80s kids out there having adventures kind of thing, but with the classic universal monsters? Would you believe such a thing existed, Tiffany? As of today, yes, I would. Because it does exist. It exists in a movie called The Monster Squad. I had never heard of it before this year, even though it's older than me. Yeah. I don't know why I had never heard of it, but it's not like I've seen a bunch of classic horror movies. And I guess it's not technically a horror movie, but it's it's yeah. legit. It could be a Halloween movie. Oh, it for sure. For sure. It's definitely like a Halloween type movie. Yeah. And you would think that at some point in our lives, because... Like you said, it was released in 87. Did you say mm-hmm. that? I did say that. <laughs> I think. Well, we said it now if I didn't say it. <laughs> but it's released in 87. And I'm late 88 and you're early mm-hmm. 89. Right. So, I mean, you would think that at some point in life, we would have ran across this movie before. But no. I feel like it should have come up by now. But it hasn't. And everybody raves about the Goonies. But where's everybody raving about the Monster Squad? That's what I want to know. At least around Halloween time. They have the the classic universal monsters. It has Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, creature from the Black Lagoon, even though they never actually uh, refer to him, them, him. Let me not. No, they credit him as Gilman. Yeah. Weak. Um, (laughs) Because of copyright infringement or or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And yeah, Wolfman. So I don't know. I mean, like, I I really like the classic Universal monster stuff. But yeah, I mean, I thought this movie was fun. As soon as the movie started, like, you can already catch a vibe for what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because it's got that, like, kind of upbeat Halloween vibe type music. Yeah. And with, especially with, like, the scrolly script. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what the scrolly script says? Yeah, because I did not write that down. First of all, we want to say this is classified as an action comedy fantasy rated PG-13. It runs an hour and 19 minutes. Okay, so the scrolly script at the beginning says 100 years. Oh, you want to read the synopsis first? I do. Thank you so much. Same wavelength. (laughs) A young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters accurate short sweet to the point super basic but accurate a lot of times i don't dig their little synopsis (laughs) but this one worked okay yes scrolly script opening the movie 100 years before this story begins it was a time of darkness in transylvania a time when dr abraham van helsing and a small band of freedom fighters conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters and to save mankind from the forces of eternal evil. They blew it. That's it. <laughs> that's that's where it leaves you. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I, okay, I saw they blew it. And I was like, all right, I dig it. We're not taking right. it too, too serious. I love no, that. No, like, you can catch the vibe in the way in which they portray. Like, even just that little, it's a little bit of something. Yeah. So it opens up into a creepy crypt. And inside the crypt are these... Coffins slash tombs. Mm-hmm. Surrounding the tombs are armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> Not I native saw to that. Transylvania. 
like you know like in cartoons where they like rub their eyes like and like open them up real big <laughs> yeah i was like is that a fucking armadillo <laughs> like a double take like are we were we supposed to believe those were rats just like big right. juicy rats but those are armadillos like they, they fucking got the armor on bro like <laughs> oh shit was a breath it's an armadillo <laughs> <laughs> but uh a little bit of quick trivia right mm-hmm. now, i don't even know if i'd consider it trivia but just something that i read is that the noise that these rats are making the armadillo rats are making mm-hmm. is guinea pig noises so guinea like nothing noises. of what they're trying to portray there is actually of a rat actually kind of precious when you know the truth i mean i love it it's a mixture of gerbil and armadillos it's a picture of armadillos making gerbil noises and in the middle of a creepy crypt i'm very excited about how unique that is mm-hmm. tell me another creepy movie creepy movie that has armadillos as rats none i love it i cannot name one off the top of my head i love it i stand it moving <laughs> on we stand so like one of the coffins opens and this hand like kind of crawls out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a upside down hanging bat from the ceiling. Yeah. Like where's that transition? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Suspend reality. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so it goes from the coffin to the bat real quick. And then you cut to the outside of wherever you're at and there are these townspeople with torches coming towards the the house because it's not a castle it's just a house the townspeople are coming toward the house with torches and granted this is based a while ago like you can tell by the way that they're dressed that this is something that happened like way in the past it's right? like a hundred years ago the townspeople bust into the house first thing that they encounter is this lady pyre which is what i've coined for lady vampire <laughs> okay I'm like shortening things like for me. <laughs> like a Bride of Dracula kind of deal. So they come across this lady pyre eating a possum. Just gnawing on it. <laughs> no, what not even gnawing? gnawing. She's like... <sighs> yeah. She's all the way face first in the middle of this possum. But like, they're not eating people, so that's good. Something. Like, I know possums are good for some things, but my family has a very uh, twisted history with possums, so I don't let her eat a possum. I don't care. <laughs> So the townspeople come in, they come across this lady pyre, just munching on a possum. They kill her, and then they come across this glowing gem-type rock that is, like, set in stone. They bring in a young lady from the town. Bring in the girl. And she begins to recite a spell in front of this rock. Skeletons pop up from the ground. The glowing rock turns into a portal and then sucks some of the townspeople, the young lady, and some, like, inanimate objects furniture r.i.p into this portal yeah but not this crypt keeper dude he doesn't get sucked up no do they even come across dracula in this no i don't believe so van helsing is leading the townsfolk and right now he's fighting with the crypt keeper and then cut to modern day aka present day aka 1987 (laughs) it goes directly into two boys sitting in the principal's office the principal is talking to them about this creepy drawing that they have done and how they're drawing these creepy things instead of, you know, doing their actual schoolwork. I've seen creepier drawings, though. Yeah, the principal seems really concerned about this creepy drawing, which is just a spider with a human head. Yeah. 
Like, that's even how they describe it. It's not even a detailed spider. I mean, it looks more actually like a tick with a human head <laughs> instead of a spider. It's just one big round body piece and some little leggies and a little head. Yeah. I was like, this isn't, why are we so concerned about these kids drawing these things? This is not even, it's just, it's poorly done. Yeah. Fail them in art class or something and move on with your life. Yeah. <laughs> the principal's talking to the boys about how monsters are cool. And he says, boys, I hear you. I was a kid once. I thought monsters were cool. And maybe, well, well, gosh, maybe I'm just a big kid because Sean Patrick, I think science is cool. I dig it, man. At this point, I started thinking, I'm like, maybe this is where they got the inspiration for Principal Mazer from a goofy movie. <laughs> science slumber parties. Oh, my goodness. So the principal goes on and he's like, science is real. Monsters are not. The boys which I do believe that it was Sean who said this. Sean says that he's not so sure about that. And then the principal looked at him like, bro, come on now. Also, monsters are real. They're just humans. Which we do see a little bit of that in this movie as well. That'll come later. Yes. The boys leave the principal's office. On their way out, they bump into one of their teachers and they refer to her as like a cat lady, which triggered, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They refer to her as like a cat lady and they're like, oh my God, somebody married her? Blah, gross. But it's like just because of the the style in which she wears her hair. Yeah. It's like, that's not cool, my dudes. Well, supposedly that's paying homage to some old like 30s or 40s movie. Yeah, an old horror movie, Cat People. I had no idea about that movie until I read trivia <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> they go on to say, where's Fat Kid? Now me triggered. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, they seriously refer to a character in this movie as do. Fat Kid. Like all the way through the movie. His friends even call him Fat Kid. You would think that them being his friends, they would actually call him by his true name. Agreed. If they wanted this kid to get over his horrible nickname, they would have named him like Matt or something. And not Horace, which was another name they knew people were going to make fun of. One of the bullies calls him Horse Ass. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you know who that bully is? It's fucking Kevin Arnold's big brother from the Wonder Years. Don't ask me his real name or I, even I his character's name in the Wonder Years. All that I know is that it's Kevin Arnold's big brother. I couldn't have told you anything about anybody named Kevin Arnold. I would have said Fred Savage's big brother. Also, where Patrick and Sean walk out of the principal's office and then also Horace's interaction with EJ, Kevin Arnold's big brother, there's a lot of words in there that are problematic. Well, really only two. But um, they're very problematic nonetheless. Yeah. Just things that people would call other people in the 80s that now you would never. I do want to say, do you think that this copy that's on Amazon is like a TV edit? I don't know. Because it, it fades out, like it fades to black. Or not fades, but it cuts. Like it's almost for commercials. And the way some of the language is cut out and stuff. It's not just Amazon, it's Amazon and AMC. So I guess if AMC were to air this movie, then it would be their version. I don't mean to do the finger waggle at you, but I'm doing the finger waggle at you because I have watched many horror movies on AMC. And uh-uh, uh-uh. no, 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 no. Not on Amazon AMC because this is the full movie. They're not editing it, edited it, in it. <laughs> well, it's wherever just they this got one. this at, it's the edited one. Yeah, it's just this one and I don't understand. But going back to Horace, he ends up having an altercation with EJ, the bully. Mm-hmm. EJ starts to beat up Horace. 
something that very much upset me was that he also knocked Horace's candy bar out of his hand and like stomped it into the ground. That would have made me cry. And he tore his comic book. Yes. Rude ass. Which was a Wonder Woman comic book. Oh. That's probably worth some good coin nowadays and they just ruined one for this movie. And the Snickers bar. <laughs> well, like I'm serious. Like a kid ruined my banana once at school and I, um, I was almost in tears. Like, I didn't want the banana that bad. It was just something about that kid ruining my banana really bothered me. Like, he mushed it. It was inedible. I didn't want to eat banana mush. Yeah, it's a symbolism going on. In that Snickers, I saw my mangled banana from elementary school, and I was triggered. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. First world problems. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh. (laughs) EJ's knocked them over, and they're fighting. Yeah, so... And rides this bad boy type named Rudy. He's like the cool kid. Rudy's such a bad boy name. <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> I only could think of Rudy the foot- Sean Astin. The uh, only one I can think Rudy. of is from the Cosby show, The Little Girl. Oh. We're going different directions with our Rudy's. Yeah. Anyway, I don't <laughs> think of Rebel Without a Cause on a bicycle, Rudy. Anyway. He looks at EJ and he's like, so I see you've met my friend Horace here. And EJ's like, uh, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah. Obviously intimidated by Rudy. And Rudy is like, you know, I tell you what, the Snickers, pick it up and eat it. And then we're even. But it's great the way he does it. He's like, you dropped your candy bar, EJ. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's his. He's like, it's yours now. <laughs> like fucking smooth. Cruel to be kind, like, damn, Rudy. I want Rudy on my side. You ain't fucking lying. <laughs> We're going to talk about that late, more later on, too. Okay. After EJ starts to gnaw on this crusty-ass Snickers bar, it cuts to Sean and Patrick discussing Wolfman. Up runs this little five-year-old girl. She's just wandering the streets by herself. Granted, I know, the 80s, different time. But was it that different for a five-year-old to be out by herself? Yes. Maybe that's just me. Yes. That's why there's all these really disturbing shows nowadays about kids going missing because they were all just out wandering around. Sean and Patrick walking down the street. Little girl comes up to him, which ends up being Sean's little sister, Phoebe. Yes. And she is very cute. And they come across this creepy house on the street. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he's looking out at us. <laughs> and they look over and it's just like this old man just like peeking through the windows. It's just an old guy. Yeah. It's it's interesting. His, his chain link fence looks very high. It does. Maybe they're just short. It just looks high. I like. I mean, they're, I don't know, maybe it's regulation height. But compared to these children, it just looks really tall. It looks like he's trying to keep the world out. Yeah. The two boys and the sister. They're looking on at this house. And then up comes Horace and Rudy. Horace walks up to the boys and he's like, hey, what do you think about having Rudy into our monster club? And they're like, I don't know. So they go back and they give Rudy a monster test, as one does. As you do. They ask all kinds of questions to Rudy. They ask him about how do you kill a vampire? What are the two ways that you kill a werewolf? And he's like, silver bullet. They're like, what's the other way? He's like, what is the other way? And the boys are just like, uh, uh, uh. 
they just like start naming different things. So it's like they claim that there's two different ways to kill it, but yet they don't know what the two different ways are, which I thought was pretty weird. But while they are giving Rudy this monster test, it cuts to an airplane in the sky. So the pilot and the co-pilot are up front and they hear a noise in the back. They're like, what the fuck is that? Because it's just a cargo plane. There's no passengers involved here. So the pilot goes back and there is a bat in the cargo space. He's like, what the fuck is this bat doing here? Stow away. Well, from the back, the bat turns into Dracula. Dracula. And the pilot is rightly freaking the fuck out. And he opens the hatch. It, it shows Dracula just like levitating over the open hole in the bottom of the airplane until finally like he just kind of fades away. He like turned into a bat and just kind of fades away. He uh, he turns into mist and then becomes a bat because Dracula can do that. He can become mist. And then you see two plops. It releases Dracula and this other cargo case over top of like a, a lake. Pip, pip. And you're like, what the fuck is the second plop? It's just a big thing that plops down. And you're like, hmm, I feel like we about to hear more about this soon. <laughs> it goes back to the monster test. And Rudy's obviously getting mildly bored with it. And he yeah. like looks off to the side. And as he's, he's looking older out the window, than the other boys and he's in junior high. It's a world of difference. So he like looks off out the clubhouse window and directly into Patrick's big sister's window where she's getting changed. Yeah. It had to have been an 80s thing because both Midnight Madness and the Monster Squad are peeping on some ladies. But while the test is going on, Phoebe comes up through the bottom of the clubhouse. Mom said that you have to let me play with you guys or else that's prescription. Sean says, that's discrimination, jerkoid. Prescription's drugs, which you're on if you think you're me. getting up here. I was Phoebe. I wanted to do everything my brother was doing. If he had been in a monster club, I would have wanted to be in a monster club. And quite frankly, I still want to be in a monster club. Okay. That sounds fucking dope. <laughs> She climbs down, and here comes Mom yelling, it's dinner time, which he promptly runs from the monster club. But Sean goes inside to eat, and whenever he does, his mom is like, hey, honey, see what I got you over there? And it's a book that she had gotten from a garage sale over on Shadowbrook Road. And he's very intrigued because he's like, this is Abraham Van Helsing. Oh, this is in German. It's a cheesy kind of movie at times, but him saying, oh, it's Abraham Van Helsing's diary. This is great. And then he opens it and he looks at it and waits a beat. It's in German. <laughs> it's, it's a great delivery of the line, actually. Yeah. And then it cuts to Dracula pulling up in this car. It's like spooky ass car with a silver skull on the front of it. It looks like a hearse. It's like him looking over the city on top of a cliff. And he says, let it begin. Which, why is Dracula driving a car in the first place? He needs transportation for all his monster buddies he's gone to pick up. He, turning into a bat, yeah, he can fly. And actually, in other lore, he can turn into a wolf and he can turn into mist. But how does he transport all his buddies? You sold me. <laughs> <laughs> you sold me there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and then it goes back to Sean at his house. He's talking to his dad about how he's wanting to go out and he's wanting to go see this movie, Groundhog's Day 12. Yeah. See, and I tried looking it up, Groundhog Day horror movie, and all I got exist. was the original horror movie, or the original movie. Yeah, it doesn't exist. All there is Groundhog Day was that came out in 1993 with Bill Murray. 
Yeah. It's Groundhog Day. That's it. They made the shit up. <laughs> I was wanting to fact check it. You know, I'm like, is this really a thing? No, it's not. They also had armadillos in Transylvania. So like. That's true. You know. That's true. <laughs> He's saying that he was wanting to go see this movie. And his dad's like, nah, you can't. You've got to stay here and you've got to watch your five-year-old sister while mom and dad go out and do some stuff. We've got our counseling today. So you find out that Sean's parents are not in the best place at the moment. They're having troubles. You also find out that Sean's dad is a policeman. He ends up not being able to make the marriage counseling session because he gets called into work, which really does not go over well. Mm-mm. Like when he walks out, he tells her, he's like, I love you. And she says, prove it. Right. I was like, oh, deep shit, sir, deep shit. Oh, she big mad. <laughs> she big mad. She she mad mad. Mm. She mad mad. Well, the reason why his dad was called into the police station was because there was a man at the station claiming to be a werewolf. As they do. He looks outside and he sees the full moon and it like triggers something in him. And he hulks out on these policemen and he grabs one of their guns and like he shoots up in the air because the whole time he's been telling them, he's been trying to convince them to arrest him. He's saying he's a werewolf. Arrest me. You Lock know, me up, that- dude. I'm a fucking wolf out on everybody. Right. Well, of course they're not believing him. So that's whenever he grabs the gun and he shoots into the ceiling. And then he gets shot three times by another police officer. At the same time, a mummy goes missing from the local museum. Because they just had a museum with a mummy in it <laughs> locally. Maybe he's on loan from a bigger, a bigger museum. Come to find out. This mummy is walking around the town and this coroner truck passes him up and this coroner truck has the guy in the back who was shooting at the ceiling in the police station. It pans back to the the body of the man from the police station and his hands start to crack and bulge and his feet fucking talons pop out of the shoes and he turns and then he attacks the driver and murders the driver. And eats them, I, I assume. Because uh, that's what werewolves do, right? That's not what they don't do. <laughs> and then the next thing I have is that they're back at the house watching a movie on the roof. His dad wouldn't let him go to the movies with the guys, so he's watching like the drive-in on his roof, which I always wanted to do that too. Yeah, but it's like, how did they get from the coroner van to the roof? What happens is that he rears up and he grabs the guy driving the coroner van. Next thing you know, you see, ah, on the movie screen through binoculars. And it's Sean watching the movie on his roof. And then dad comes up with a bag of Burger King. Burger King is a big thing in this movie, too. Like, they had to be a sponsor. I think Burger King was was really trying. But yeah, they sit there and they enjoy the movie together. And then you cut back to the scene of the, the death in the coroner van. And Big George from Fried Green Tomatoes sitting in the squad car talking about bodies missing. What is it now? Two bodies missing? Because mm-hmm. the mummy's missing. And now the werewolf's yeah. missing. And no yeah, one's it's, putting it's it together. It's an ancient body, but a body nonetheless. And no one's put... I'm sorry. If a dude claiming to be a werewolf and a mummy, bodies both disappeared at the same time. I mean, I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's more than just a coincidence to me. But yeah, so it cuts to a werewolf wandering the woods and he runs into a mummy and into Dracula. Dracula like summons, I put swamp thing, Gilman, which is essentially a swamp thing. It's a creature from the Black Lagoon. 
Yeah. Not the creature from the Blue Lagoon. Very different things. Dracula essentially summons Gilman, which is pretty much the creature from the Black Lagoon, from the bottom of the lake. And as he's rising, he's pushing up the other thing that plopped into the water. Hoisting up this wooden crate. Which, come to find out, is the Frankenstein monster. Yes, it says fragile. No, it's not what it says. It says Bavaria Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) I had two of them. I like how, how well labeled Frankenstein is. Yeah. And I will call him Frankenstein because that is how he is referred to in the movie. And they like zoom in on his face and I was waiting for his eyes to pop open. Like I'm always expecting that them to do that jump scare, but they didn't do it. <laughs> Frankenstein's crate gets brought up from the depths of the lake. They bring it over to the shore and Dracula has this staff. And on his staff, it has a bat head. The ears of the bat come off and they use this to attach to Frank, which is also how they refer to Frankenstein. It's just Frank. So I'll just be referring to him as Frank. <laughs> But they attach these little ears to Frank and Dracula holds it up into the air and summons lightning, Mm -hmm. which resurrects Frankenstein. Why do I keep doing that? It's a very dramatic moment. He says, it's our time. And, you know, Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon, CBL. CBL's back there and, and the mummy. Just heaving with excitement, like it's our time. Ah, like undulating. I'm like, calm down, my dude. <laughs> it's like y'all just need to relax for a minute. Like, just because it's your time doesn't mean you can get weird about it. And then it cuts. There's a lot of cuts. Yes. It cuts to a scene where Phoebe is laying in bed and her mom comes in to tuck her in. And Phoebe is freaked out because, you know, hearing the stories that daddy brings home freaked her out a little bit. So mom brings in a candle and she says, this is what my mom used to do to help keep the bad guys away. And so long as the candle's burning, nothing bad will happen. Unless the house burns down. Which is a good sentiment, but very, very dangerous. Who just leaves a burning candle? By their five-year-old on their bedside and then tells them it'll keep the lightning away. Because that's a thing. No. And as Phoebe's mom is leaving, she says, Mom, are you going to yell at him? And she says, I love your father, dear. And she's like, no, I'm talking about Sean. He's being mean to me. You're going to yell at him, right? That was me, too. (laughs) And the mom's just like, oh, laughs it off and then leaves pretty much. Uh, Yeah, we're not having problems in our marriage, child. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Enjoy your lit candle while you sleep. Don't catch your hair on fire. Yeah, but come to find out, the problems are very real because the next scene is Sean on the outside of some room. With blinds. Yeah, with blinds, which is weird. They're just separated by blinds. Wooden blinds. Sean opens up the blinds, sees the parents really getting into it. Sean walks into the kitchen and he sees a message that his mother had left him to return a call to Mr. Alucard about the Van Helsing diary with the potential for lots of money. Sean sits down and he's like, he's sus. What? Totally sus. And he's writing out Alucard. And he's like, wait a second. Wait a second. It's an anagram for Dracula. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Excellent. Next it cuts to, what is this kid's name? Eugene. Yes, Eugene. I don't think we were actually introduced to him. He showed up in the Monster Club with his cute little beagle dog. At the time, you're not aware of this character, but you soon get to know him. 
His name is Eugene and he is at home. He goes and knocks on his parents' bedroom door and he's like, there's a monster in my closet. His dad's like, oh, no, there's not. Stomps in there. He's like, see, there ain't no monsters in here. Where's the monster? There was the monster. He had a My Pet monster on his dresser. (laughs) We had one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his dad is like, show me the monster. And he's like, it's in my closet. So the dad opens up the closet, doesn't even look in, just opens it and looks at his son. He's like, see, there ain't no monster in there. Lo and behold, there was the creepy ass fucking mummy. That was like a creepy shot. There was the shadows and the lighting and the way the mummy moved was enough to be like, oh, if I, I wouldn't mind that in my fucking closet. I mean, that is scary. Hell no. AF as the kids say. His dad's like, there's nothing here. He didn't just go to bed. I don't want to hear here. you. I don't I don't want nothing. Just go to bed. You're not getting into bed with mom and I. And he walks out. Well, the kid, he's covering his eyes and you hear a door open and he's following the creature, the mummy. Walk from the closet out his bedroom window and slither away into the night. Can I just say, especially if I was already scared and my parents told me, go to bed, I don't want to hear you. I would have a a silent panic attack that would eventually not be silent and I would be crying my fucking eyes out and they'd still have to come get me. Especially when I was that little. I'm 30 and I might still do that and call my mom and be like, hey, I'm having a moment. Especially when I'm that young. No, I'm not getting out of my bed because I'm fucking terrified. And I would have been like, look, <laughs> use your eyes and look in the closet. Like, I don't care if you say I'm not sleeping there with you. You go, You thought you're going to learn today. I'm going to sleep in there. I'm not sleeping <laughs> in here with no mommy. No, but just the thought of my parents saying, I don't want to hear another peep just because you think you're scared and you think there's monsters. If they told me that, I would be like, oh, the world is ending. <laughs> How do I express to them my terror if they don't want to <laughs> hear from me? I don't want to get in trouble. It cuts to all of the kids up in the treehouse. And Eugene is involved this time. Like you said, him and his little dog. All of them are up in the treehouse. And they officially name themselves the Monster Squad. Because they're like, none of these adults are going to take care of this. Somebody has to. And it, by golly, it's going to be us. Sean is into it. Horace and Patrick, the other little boys, are like, what's a squad? And they're like, I think it's something from Miami Vice. He's like... No, listen, we're the only ones who are going to take this seriously. You guys, Dracula might even be here. Right. And the kid's like, there was a mummy in my house. (laughs) You guys, Dracula's here. And Rudy's just staring at the girl in the window that he was looking at before. They officially named themselves the Monster Squad. Squad. And they all like put their hands in, you know, they're like Monster Squad. And it ends up with the dog's hand on top. And Rudy's like, how did a dog even get That's up another here? one of those, like, <laughs> good, like, actual, like, legitimately kind of <laughs> made me chuckle moments. Yeah, because it's one of those things where how the fuck would a dog get That's up That's going to be important And question. then they, call, they like, point yeah. it out, you know? Like, they bring focus to it that they know that this is a silly thing. And I enjoy that. I, I can appreciate that. Was a nice that. Little, little moment there. Next, you know, Dracula is going into the basement of a creepy house potentially shadow brook and he comes across this cell which has a depressed frankenstein in it he's so sad he's a sad boy and dracula tells him that he needs to get out of there come across these kids and get this book from them at any cost well the boys you know they've got van helsen's diary it's in german who speaks german but the creepy old man patrick's sister yeah but not not very i know but they bring it up 
in when they're establishing Monster Squad. And I'm sorry, I'm very bothered by Rudy smoking. First of all, when he was smoking in the first part, he lit his cigarette, but it didn't actually light and you could tell. But then in this part, when they're establishing Monster Squad, he's smoking and he's in junior high and I just have a problem with it. But anyway... <laughs> different times Leah. i know and i know that they even do it now but it's like i just I, just a thing. they they really tried yeah. to age up rudy in a weird kind of way mm-hmm. he looked like a kid who stepped straight out of the outsiders yeah, but like it just it didn't fit with the other kids i don't know they go to the creepy old man's house he's only credited as scary german man that's all they call him a scary german guy they ask him to help translate this diary while the boys are at scary german guy's house it cuts to a scene with Phoebe sitting lakeside and you see the feet of Frankenstein standing behind her yeah. and she turns around and looks up and then it cuts back to scary German man's house. When you see the little girl sitting by the lake and with their flowers and everything, you know Frankenstein's coming or Frankenstein's monster is coming. It's a remaking of the scene from the movie Frankenstein, from the book, too. Mm-hmm. Where he's by the lake with uh, Maria. Yeah. And throws her into the lake. It's been since high school at some point since I read that, and I don't have a great following with it, so I had forgotten. But <laughs> he throws the little girl into the lake because they were throwing flowers in. Boris Karloff, when they filmed it, he wanted to do the scene like they do in the book, which is he throws the little girl in like he does the flowers, but then saves her from drowning. But in the movie Frankenstein, he does not. Yikes. Yeah. So trivia for the Monster Squad said that they filmed it like Boris Karloff wanted to film the scene in Frankenstein. But this only version that we have access to cut. So I don't know if there was ever any more to the scene or not. The boys are back over at Scary German Man's house. And he is translating the book for them. In the translation, it says that there is an indestructible amulet. And every 100 years at the stroke of midnight, the amulet becomes vulnerable and that it can be shattered. If it is, the balance of good and evil will shift and evil will rule. Van Helsing claims you can stop this by possessing the amulet before the bad guys. Then every 100 years at midnight, they can do a ceremony to open a hole into limbo which is this portal that we spoke about earlier, which can swallow the forces of evil forever. Get the fuck out of my head. <laughs> and that 100-year time frame is tomorrow night. Isn't that amazing? Fucking wild. All because his mom came across it at a yard sale. And, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein's monster, all of them happened to get dropped out of a plane right in Into this the town. the same location. In the same town as the, the diary. I do want to talk about the most disturbing thing in this scene. What's that? When you cut back to scary German guy's house, he's got a big ass knife. And he says, well, boys, it's your last chance. Your last chance for pie. And he cuts <laughs> a slice of cherry pie. And here's my real problem. He's serving these kids this pie. And there are glasses of Pepsi on the table. Pie and Pepsi. That's not a thing. It's disgusting. I was most disturbed by that. First of all, I don't like cherry pie. Second of all, no pie with Pepsi. Please give me a glass of milk, even water. Maybe some right. people like coffee. I will never be grown up enough to like coffee. I will always want milk with my desserts. And so I would <laughs> like a glass of milk, at the very least a glass of water, not Pepsi. Anything but Pepsi, because Pepsi is the fucking worst. It don't go. It don't go. Like, I don't I don't care. Pepsi's fine, whatever. I don't actually drink Pepsi. But, like, not with pie not with dessert pepsi like with 
pizza or something. Like it's not that's not a dessert drink. All right, Tiffany, you're letting your personal thoughts and opinions <laughs> and biases bleed into the podcast, and you know we well, don't do so that. Well, so are you bashing Pepsi and cherry pop? Maybe some people really like that. Fuck them, it's disgusting. So was Pepsi. <laughs> Well, fine, we're letting our personal bias. I'm still disturbed <laughs> that this guy would serve Pepsi with pie. Yes. Of course, of course, they have to have Horace, also known as Fat Kid, has to have a second piece. And he's like, oh, the scary German guy's bitching because he gave me pie because <laughs> I'm fat. Right. Stereotypes. Like, Fat Kid, stop. You're not helping the rest of us. <laughs> Some of us have tried so hard to move past Fat Kid stereotypes, and you're just literally... Pardon the pun, feeding into them. The boys end up leaving Scary German Man's house. As they're leaving, Horace turns around and he says to Scary German Man, Wow, you sure do know a lot about monsters. And he says, I sure do. And he goes to shut the door. And as he shuts the door, the camera pans in on the man's wrist with numbers on it. And I fucking lost my shit. I did not see it taking that kind of turn. Well, in no other time or way does it do anything like that. No, it hit on this subject that is very real. This movie focuses mainly on these pretend monsters, but it also highlights those real life monsters. Like I said back in the beginning with the principal, he says monsters aren't real. They are. Correct. Just not in that same type of thing. They're just not who these kids were thinking of. Yeah. After the boys leave Scary German Man's house, they walk outside and Phoebe walks up and she's like, hey, I have a new friend. Everybody looks over and it's fucking Frankenstein. These boys fucking wig out. She says, come on, don't be chicken shit. (laughs) Yeah, they cut that out on the Amazon one. She says, hey, don't be chicken. (laughs) I assumed there was shit there. But she like bites her brother to get his attention because, of course, he's not paying attention to his bratty little sister. Why would he? But yeah, so then after she says that, the boys, her, and Frankenstein go into the clubhouse. They end up talking to Frankenstein as as much as they could. Phoebe's teaching him some words. Such as bogus. I remember that one. Mostly bogus. But they all have like a bonding moment with them because they pull out a Frankenstein costume and they hand it over to him. Just like, hey, look, see this shit? We do this every year. You're celebrated in a way. Or at least this is what I thought that the boy's intentions were in showing him this. Yeah. They hand it over to him. He opens it up and he looks at it, puts it back in the box, closes it, throws it at the boys. And he's like, scary. And that's another one of those fucking moments where I was just fucking broke. Yeah. He can't help it. Anyhow, Dracula and Wolfman, they're like scouring through the house over on Shadowbrook Street banging on walls and shit, looking for studs. They come across this, like, hollow spot. Dracula breaks into it, and lo and behold, there is the amulet. And Dracula is very excited for his evil plan to finally come through. Where is this town? I just feel like it's, like, in Ohio or something. I don't know, ask me why. (laughs) But, like, this random-ass town has the the Van Helsing diary all in German, and the amulet, Mm -hmm. and Dracula and his friends knew to come here like how is this where the other end of the portal was and they figured it out somehow yeah it's like an epicenter yeah is it a hellgate maybe is this sunnydale could be 
But after the conversation that the boys had with Scary German Guy, they decide to go ahead and set up a plan for tomorrow. Because remember, they only had a day to prepare. Right. At this point is whenever they do your favorite thing in movies, Leah. Montage! (laughs) It shows you so many things in such a short amount of time with some (laughs) fun music. It's the perfect thing for any movie. In this montage, it goes through each kid and it shows you what they are doing to prepare for Hell Day, essentially, is what I'm just going to call it, for Hell Day. It cuts to Rudy in his shop class making steaks. Poor little Eugene mails a letter to the army guys requesting assistance because monsters are coming. Sean's just watching the clock. Phoebe is playing dress up with Frank. Rudy's over here making silver bullets and he steals a bow and arrow. And Patrick is just up in the office making Monster Squad stickers or labels, whatever it is. Rudy's the only one making any good moves here. He is the true MVP in this Monster Squad. And he's the newest member. He's the badass one, too. It cuts to Drac. I also refer to Dracula as just Drac in my notes on my bed. Uh (laughs) Works. It, It cuts to Dracula. He has Wolfman tied up. And he goes to say that he's hungry and he's going to get something to eat. So he walks over to this closet and there's three girls just stuffed in there. And it's like, yikes. (laughs) While Dracula is eating, Wolfman escapes and he calls the police from a payphone. And he says to hurry to 666 Shadowbrook Road. He's going to kill your son. Because, of course, the police officer who answered is Sean's dad. Of course. Like, who else would it be? Not any of the other police. Yeah, no. So the wolfman is trying to alert the police to come and help while the boys are already preparing for what is about to go down. It's about to go down. Some of the boys are gathered in one location while others are elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) So the boys separate into two separate groups. The first group is trying to follow around Patrick's sister to ask her whether or not she is a virgin to where she can recite the spell because she took German in high school. So she knows things. German things. The second group of boys is outside of the Shadowbrook Lane address. And while they are there, Eugene is sitting lakeside going to eat his Twinkie. Well, whenever he does, his dog knocks it out of his hand into the lake. Tell me why. It scared the shit out of me whenever Gilman popped up from the bottom of the lake and grabbed this fucking Twinkie. I literally jumped. I'm a 31, almost 32-year-old lady <laughs> jumping at Gilman getting a Twinkie. I can't tell you. Rudy and Patrick have brought Patrick's sister up to the clubhouse. Patrick is trying to ask his sister if she is a virgin. She's not quite understanding what she is being asked. So Rudy is like, (sighs) he's wanting to know if you've ever been dorked. Yeah. That 80s slang though. He's proud of the question, how he got it out. And she just seems completely appalled to be asked this question, which fair. Especially since one of them's her little brother. Yeah. So it goes back to the other half of the group who are going into the Shadowbrook Road address. While they are entering, Frank is going with them. Will his footsteps tip off Dracula that someone is in the house? Dracula has set a booby trap and he ends up blowing up 
the entrance to the house, which hurts Frank. The kids don't know exactly how badly he is hurt. Yeah. Well, Wolfman pops up and Sean tells Fat Kid to kick him in the nards. (laughs) (laughs) And Horace is like, Wolfman doesn't have nards. Well, he does. And they run out from Wolfman and end up getting cornered by Dracula, Wolfman, and newly turned Lady Pyres to where they are just standing in front of this one statue. They're trying to figure out like what exactly to do in this situation. And they're like, well, just like be like the Hardy Boys and just pull a lever. <laughs> so they just start like yanking on this statue. There's a fucking lever. Hardy Boys had it right. Well, whenever they fall through the floor, it puts them in this dungeon type area and they end up finding the amulet. So Sean goes up, grabs the amulet. He gets caught by Dracula. Horace pulls out a piece of garlic bread and rubs it on Dracula's face, which burns <laughs> Dracula. Because, of course, the fat kid just has food on him at all times. Right. Like, that's a thing. So they end up being able to run away and going outside. At this point, the rest of the brigade pulls up and they're talking about their experience in the house. Horace says, it was boss. I saw Dracula and I kicked Wolfman in the nards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at this point, they also have scary German guy with them. Well, scary German guy suggests that they all go over to his house for some pie and just completely ignore the situation. And the kids are like, nah, dog, like that's not going to happen. Well, they end up going to a church for safety. Because monsters hate religious stuff. So it cuts to Sean and Phoebe's dad and he's finally come through and he's on his way. Well, scary German guy, as he's driving his Jeep full of kids, Hits a mummy with the Jeep, and the mummy attaches himself, trying to climb into the back of the Jeep. The dog, being the little genius that he is, gets a piece of the mummy fabric. Mm-hmm. They hand the fabric off to Rudy, who then grabs one of the arrows that he had stolen, attaches the fabric to the arrow, and shoots it off into the distance, and it sticks to a tree, which eventually unravels the mummy, and a skeleton just kind of clunk, 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 clunk on the asphalt. Yeah. And one of the kids is like mimicking him and calling him Band-Aid Breath. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think Rudy calls him Band-Aid Breath. So at this point, it cuts back to the dad and his sidekick. It shows that they are on their way to the Shadowbrook house. While they're driving, they're like bantering back and forth. And this car that's coming in the opposite direction as them. And they're freaking out because they're going about 100 miles per hour because he's a good cop. He knows things, according Mm -hmm. to his sidekick. That's what he says about himself. So they're anticipating, like, a really solid hit here. Well, they end up driving through and scalping Dracula's car. (laughs) What? (laughs) Nice. Well, Dracula ends up going to his desired location, which is Sean's house, and he blows up the clubhouse. This is now the second thing that Dracula has blown up. He's really into pyrotechnics. He does a pretty good uh, parting line, too. He tosses the dynamite in there and then walks away and says, meeting adjourned. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's their clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) Well, right after blowing up the clubhouse, he also blows up Dad's patrol car. Yeah. He's got like an endless supply of dynamite. Yeah. He blows up Dad's patrol car and his partner. The partner, unfortunately, did not make it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Dracula turns into a bat in front of the parents. And that really just sends the parents over the edge like, oh, shit, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Dracula tells the dad that he will have his son. 
and dad ends up at the church with the kids in town square. Outside of the church, Lady Pyres are approaching. Patrick's sister starts to read the spell very nervously. Rudy starts walking towards the Lady Pyres and he's like, I am in the goddamn club, aren't I? And he grabs these stakes and shit that he made and he shoots them with them and he like puts the stakes on the on the bow and like launches stakes towards them. Fucking MVP, dude. Yeah. He's the best part of the Monster Club squad. Yeah. While this is all happening, Dracula flies up as dad is pulling up as well. Dad gets out of his car and just starts shooting towards the bat. Which, small target, big space, lots of possible casualties. Luckily, Dad actually hits him once and sends him barreling into some building. Dad ends up busting down the building door, goes up these steps, and he finds a hurt Dracula. He's like, squirming around and shit. Dad comes across a stick of dynamite, and he says, Suck on this, you son of a bitch. And in the process of trying to throw it at Dracula is attacked by Wolfman. Fight ensues while Wolfman is on top of dad. Sean ends up coming up and says, hey, asshole. Wolfman turns around and Sean says, you looked and fucking smacks him with like Mm -hmm. a baseball bat or something (laughs) in the face, giving dad enough time to put dynamite into Wolfman's pants and shove him out of a window. As soon as he gets shoved out the window, he blows up midair. Pieces just fall down to the ground. That's a pretty good scene. They turn around and Dracula is gone. What fucking course he is. He can turn into mist. He will always be gone if you look away for a moment. So it cuts back to Patrick's sister and she ends up saying the spell correctly. But it doesn't work. Patrick says, you're not a virgin, are you? And she's like, Well, Steve didn't count, okay? (laughs) So Rudy, of course, being the B.A. character that he is, ends up shooting the wolfman with a silver bullet. Who has reformed after blowing up midair. Yes. Like all of his pieces just like come back together. I do not know of any other werewolf lore that includes that. No. But yeah, Rudy ends up shooting him with the silver bullet and says... I told you there's only one way to kill a werewolf. <laughs> Gilman is popping up out of manholes, attacking cops and fighting them left and right. These cops are not good fighters, BT does. No. They're just flailing around. Since Patrick's big sister was unable to say the spell, Eugene says, hey, isn't she a virgin? Speaking about Phoebe. So now Phoebe is going to be the one to recite the spell. The fight is still happening, and Gilman ends up coming after Horace. He's trying to get into into the store restaurant that EJ is in. Well, EJ is like, no, no, sorry, bro. I'm not opening up this door for you. Horace has his shotgun and ends up blasting Gilman away and killing him. EJ walks out of the store, and he's like, hey, fat kid, good job. It cuts to Horace, and he's like, my name? <laughs> Is Horace. And does like a, a real close up of him. And I feel like that was a really good moment for Horace. Yeah. Well, scary German man is helping Phoebe with her spell. Dracula pops up and he's all electric y. And he's just like punching out Popo left and right. They don't stand a chance. 
And he's doing it so, like, he's got that bad guy, Mike Myers walk, you know, very slow towards his victim. Yeah. And he's slowly approaching Phoebe. Well, he actually ends up grabbing her, is like holding her up by her chin. He says, give me the amulet, you little bitch. And (laughs) just like hissing all over the place. At this point is whenever Frank pops up and he's like, excuse me, motherfucker, that is my girl. He looks at Dracula and says, bogus, and fucking throws Dracula onto some random ass spike that's just like hanging out. (laughs) Well, Phoebe ends up completing the spell with scary German guy and opens the portal to limbo. Now, the spike that Dracula fell on was not wooden. It was metal, so it didn't kill him. It just stunned him for a minute. Right. So Dracula ends up grabbing Sean and tries to bring him into limbo with him. Sean ends up stabbing him with a stake, and Van Helsing ends up popping up behind Dracula and puts his arms around Drac and just, like, brings him back to limbo with him. And it's like, what the fuck? But he also has a moment where he looks at Sean. Well, the the portal's trying to suck everything in. Mm-hmm. Like random shit off the street, fence, nope. and all this stuff. So when Van Helsing has hold of Dracula in the portal, Van Helsing looks up at Sean and gives him a thumbs up. And Sean gives him a thumbs up back. And I legitimately snorted really loud when I saw that. <laughs> just like, <laughs> did that just happen? <laughs> it's like a Bill and Ted moment. Like, excellent. <laughs> I was just like, that's, that's really... Get the Dracula in the portal. Don't thumbs up the kid. Just Priorities, man. <laughs> I I legitimately am enjoying this, uh, especially Eugene's holding on to the tree and his dog's like flying in midair and he's holding on by his tail to keep him from getting sucked into the portal to limbo. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's that cheesy moment and it just made me laugh. Yeah. While everything is trying to be sucked into limbo, Frank tries to make his way to Phoebe. And he does to an extent, and they end up like each reaching out a hand. She's grabbing on to Frank by a finger, by his index finger. Mm -hmm. And she's just trying to save him because they've become friends. He saved her life from Dracula. Yeah. They've got a really special friendship going, and she's just trying so hard to save him. Well, she's five. And that grip just isn't there. And he ends up breaking free and getting pulled back into the portal. Yeah. Well, as he is on his way back, she tosses him her teddy bear. So that while in limbo, he will always have a piece of her. Very sweet moment. Sad. but sweet. Yes. I was like, you don't get to keep Frankenstein's monster with you, though. No. So the portal closes. Phoebe's crying. The parents are finally heading towards their children. In this movie, most of the time, I'm like, why are the parents even there? Yeah. The big thing has happened, so now everybody is just gathering together at the end. Well, as everybody is gathering together, enroll a whole bunch of army men. (laughs) And I guess the general? I don't know how militaries work, so I'm going to say general. Some... Someone who appears to be in some sort of authority. Yeah. Gets out of his military vehicle. The tank that they rolled in. (laughs) Looks around at everybody and he's like, can someone tell me what in the Sam Hill is going on around here? 
He says, who's Eugene? Yes. Because Eugene wrote to him. Mm-hmm. And Eugene just says, there's a mummy in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's whenever he says, can someone tell me what in the Sam Hill is going on around here? Mm-hmm. And Sean pops up and he's like, we can, sir. He looks over at Sean and he's like, well, who are you? Sean says, we're the monster squad. Do, 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 do. And like in credits, music yeah. starts to roll. Hands him a card and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he hands double handed yeah, high fives. <laughs> yeah, they're That's, fucking official, bro. We're unaffected by everything that just happened. Just moving on with our lives. <laughs> But singing our song about the Monster Squad. So that's the Monster Squad. That's it. I very much appreciated it. And I feel like it is very underrated. Everything I've seen says that it was really not appreciated when it came out, but has gotten like a cult following. Mm-hmm. I, and I can see why. But even still with like the cult following status, I still have not heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. And normally whenever something gains that type of following, you would have at least heard about it. You'd think. But no. So I'm glad that this is one that you came across. Me too. I done good. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I had doubts about this movie at first because it seemed to kind of build slowly. Mm -hmm. But it really came through there, especially at the end. Yeah. It started going like real fast. I looked over at my husband and I was just like, so much is happening. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's so much going on. It's just an overall good time for sure it's funny it's sad it has those painful moments and it's heroic all in all it's a heroic type movie and friendship monsters in it yes yeah but i'm jumping the gun and i'm gonna go ahead and say that i give this movie i was stuck between an eight and a half and a nine okay like i really enjoyed it yeah so what i ended up doing is just breaking even doing 8.75 that's going to be my rating. What do you have? All right. Uh, I was going to say uh, 7.5. All right. No, oh. I'm going to go 7. I'm sorry. Let me undo everything you might have just done. I'm going to go 7. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I sat here and thought, I think I gave High Spirits a 7. So, like, do I like this more than High Spirits? And I think they're kind of equal, so I'm going to go 7. With our scores combined, our score for The Monster Squad is 7.875. Nice. Back at it again. A lot of numbers. Yes. (laughs) Well, if we want to talk about some interesting trivia, Mm kind of harkening back to our last episode, uh, Liam Neeson was paid for a bit part in this movie, but it was never shot. Fucking wild. Not only was there scalping between motor vehicles in this movie, (laughs) but there was also the combined factor of Liam Neeson. The scene, I'm going to read this like straight off IMDb. Right. The scene where Dracula lifts Phoebe up and she screams was done in one take. Duncan, oh, the guy who played Dracula wouldn't wear his red contacts. It's like Duncan Rager, Rager. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't wear his red contacts or fangs around the five-year-old Ashley Bank because it scared her too much. For the scene, director Fred Decker just told Ashley to scream once the platform raised her. When she asked when, Decker told her, oh, you'll know, and proceeded to shoot. The terrified scream you hear when Dracula opens his eyes is Ashley's genuine scream of fright. Oh, that poor baby. I know. She's only five. I know. 
She's probably traumatized for life now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's I'm sure she's I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> Child actors turn out fine anyway. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Um, okay, one more. Andre Gower, who plays Sean, and Robbie Kiger, Keiger, who plays Patrick, were friends in real life before filming. Gower campaigned to the producers to hire Kiger Keiger in the best friend role with Patrick. Thought that was kind of neat. Friendship, man. <laughs> Love it. There's actually quite a bit of trivia on IMDb for this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's really like, meh, whatever. Right. I'm glad we watched it. I think I'll, I'll watch it again, I think. I will. I could definitely see this one becoming like a seasonal Halloween type staple. Oh, yeah. We always want to hear from you. Shoot us an email at theobservationbubble at gmail.com and let us know of any movies that you think are underrated or deserve more attention and praise and we'll watch them and attend them and praise them. But just uh, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. I concur. Do you have any parting thoughts or shots there? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I got all of my feelings out. I think um, the only thought I want to leave with is Wolfman's got nards. And it was boss. Scary German guys bitching. You know, that too. Anyway, and Pepsi doesn't go <laughs> with pie. Or with anything. Yes. However however far or you want to take itself. that. Anyway. All the way. <laughs> Good night, friends. <laughs>